Definitely Baby acknowledges the traditional owners, the Wurundjeri Willem and Boonarong peoples of the Kulin Nation, of the land on which we record and share our stories. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and future, and recognise this unceded land on which we live, work and learn always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Definitely Baby, a podcast that shares parents' unique stories of their transitions into the world of parenthood and the profound identity and relationship changes that accompany it. I hope this podcast is a supportive, comforting and inspiring resource for you, no matter where you are on your parenting journey. Let's muddle through the ups and downs of parenthood together and find solace in the knowledge that we're not alone. Every parenting journey is full of surprises, but if you can count on one thing, it's definitely baby. Hi everybody, welcome back to the second part of George's story. I hope you enjoyed listening to the first part, so her births with her beautiful triplets and finding out she was pregnant and a little bit of their special care stay all of those gorgeous things. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode, I recommend that you go back and listen to it now before listening to this one. So this one, we kind of jump back in when we're talking about the rest of their NICU stay, how long they spent there, how Georgia found leaving the boys and going home, which she found really difficult as you'll hear. Uh, We talk about their breastfeeding journey um, and how that's been, how she started that in the hospital and how she continued that as they went home. We also touch on a little bit of how they're going now. I really hope you enjoy it. And here is Georgia now. How long did they spend in NICU in the end? So they, in NICU, which is the neonatal intensive unit, care unit. um, So at the um, Royal Women's, it's a tertiary hospital. So it has NICU, which is for sick, sick babies. And then there's this thing called the special care nursery, which is for, you you sort of graduate, which, um, and and when we had our tours throughout the pregnancy, um, they, the nurses were gorgeous. It was like, the closer you are to the exit, the closer you are to home. Mm. So you you start at the back of the ward and you work your way towards the exit, okay, yep. which we thought was cute. Yeah. So they started in NICU and they graduated from that really quickly. Um, I think that they were in there for the whole duration of my like COVID positive time frame, which was five days. Um, and then they went into the special care nursery and like they were in – all in all, the whole time that they were in hospital was 32 days. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they came yeah. out when they were practically 36 weeks gestation, um, which was, mm. yeah, amazing as well because I had in my mind as soon as they were born that it could be eight weeks and we were able to have that time with um, all they mm. were. They just they just kicked goals um, from the very get-go. Wow. So I would love to know how the experience was for you leaving the boys and leaving the hospital while they were still there. It was so, so hard. I think it, nothing can compare, can, can 
prepare you for what that feeling is going to be like. Um, and we had a lot of time to prepare. Um, we had had a tour of um, the special care nursery in NICU and we understood that, you know, I would be leaving and they would be staying and we would have to travel in and out of the hospital and um, we knew all that and um, one of my best friends is a special care nurse so I had an abundance of information and um, answers to questions that you know I had just at the ready Um, but the actual feeling of of being separated was really hard to describe and whoever um, may listen to this who who may um you know know that they're going to have little babies or don't know even with all that preparation you it, it you, you can't it, you, you can't even explain that feeling i stayed in hospital for 3 days and i had to advocate for myself um for the for the third night to stay in um because they sort of said oh you know cesarean two nights is um you know, fine. And I was like, no, I've got three babies downstairs. Like surely that accounts for something. And I just, I just could not leave. And they were sort of, um, the nursing staff were like, well, on the outside, um, you know, within the community, there are no restrictions around COVID. You know, you can stay with Matt, you can, you can do anything, but I was happy enough in my isolated room if it was close enough to them. Um, so the day that they, I was discharged, I knew it was happening and I'd spent the morning obviously in the special care nursery and I'd had a time limit around how long to stay in there. That's sort of to do with um, COVID and also to do with just me resting. They had their own sort of thought, be like, you need to, like I wasn't, you know, I, I, I know you had a cesarean and it's not for the faint-hearted. I was mm. in so <laughs> much pain. Like, oh, my God, it's the worst. I, it is, I... I'm glad I didn't think about having a cesarean so much during the pregnancy because if I had, I reckon I would have scared myself out of it. It's really not the easy option. And I know that sort of is a big taboo topic, which mm-hmm. is a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, it is, it's it's not easy. And so, yeah, that day um, once I had, had all my final checks and I could finally be discharged, I think it took me an hour to leave I was a mess it was day three all my hormones were coming in and or if you know were all out of whack um I remember Matt saying I'll go get the car and I'll bring it round to the front and I'll meet you there and because of the COVID thing um I had to be escorted down this separate exit and walked to the front and they even offered me like do you want a um a a wheelchair and I was like, no, no, I can walk. Well, I should have taken the wheelchair because <laughs> <laughs> it was like this separate like sort of side entrance and if I didn't already feel awful, the idea of having to be separated from just the cheer community because of this COVID aspect was just, oh, it's just so awful to think about me walking down this corridor, being separated for them and like it took when Matt when I arrived at the car with Matt, I was just, I was just so brokenhearted. I couldn't believe how unnatural it felt being separated from them. It's not, um, it's not how it should be. It's mm-hmm. felt so strange, and 
leaving them there and I knew that that's where they had to go but I just wanted them home with me so much um and I knew that they were they were that's where they had to be but it was just so awful um we went home to my mum's and we stayed there um for the duration or I think about two weeks which we hadn't really planned on doing but it was so good it just meant that and I, I loved the fact that I didn't go home home because the idea of leaving them at the hospital and coming to our home without them felt such a big step but it was like this in-between time um and so we went home to my parents and um like they cooked and cleaned and looked after us, which is exactly what we needed at that time, um, especially because, you know, the first 32 days of their life and thirty-two, the first 32 days of um, my postpartum was spent going in and out of the hospital every day. Um, and I didn't want it any other way, of course, but... Um, I felt really, it was just another like example of how different my pregnancy was to what I was expecting it to be like. Um, I love the idea of um, the fourth trimester and um, just your general postpartum being at home with your babies, baby babies, or and, and just, you know, nourishing yourself and looking after yourself. Um, well, that couldn't be further from what happened with me. I was... I didn't want it to be anything different. I wanted to be going into hospital every day, but um, my recovery took longer because I was in and out of the hospital. So um, the car rides um, in, um, I think that when you have a cesarean, they say don't drive for for six weeks. Well, I know why. Yeah, Mm. because it's so tender down there. Um, So even going over speed pumps, um, it would hurt. Um, And so... It got easier um, being separated from them and it got, it just became our ritual um, of going into hospital every day and spending all day in there and then coming home at night and then sometimes going back in at night if we wanted to, but we I really needed to rest, um, which I had to do. And um, it's, it's not how we planned, of course, but... It's for anyone who has little babies in NICU or or thinks that's going to be their reality, um, it's important to remember that it's just a small time of their life and you'll, it's, it's, it's awful and it's really hard to explain how strange it is um, to be separated from them, but it's important to remember that it's just a small time and you will get that time back. Um, I felt really triggered by lots of things on social media or talks about how this beautiful baby bubble that you'll experience once you bring the baby home from hospital and after you birth the baby. Well, I was just like, that's not my reality. That's not our reality. And um, it was really hard to sort of have conversations or or read stuff about that because it just couldn't be further from my experience. Um, But we got it back. Like we, we, we honestly, once we brought the babies home after 32 days and just 
it was beautiful. They they were in their home. It was their home. And we did, I did feel like we got that back and we were able to experience that. It was different, yes, but um, I wouldn't change it because, yeah, it's our experience, I suppose. And um, thankfully they were just so well um it's not it's definitely not lost on me on how lucky we were with the babies they they just thrived as soon as they were born they had very limited support um in terms of breathing and all they needed to do was put on weight which um they did they they did that quickly um and yeah once they were home yeah it just feels it's it's really it's um it feels like a lifetime ago as well as just a moment ago. Um, I think that's like what it's like being a parent. Things just go so quickly um, and it's easy to forget about how awful that time was being separated from them because they were so well and they have just continued to be so well. Um, so it's been nice to reflect um, on like how far they had come and how far Matt and I have come yeah yeah beautiful oh I'm so glad that you you did have that little little bubble when they did come home but yeah I'm sorry that that was challenging for you I can totally imagine when you're seeing so many things on social media and everything that kind of puts that postpartum period into a glorified light that can be that can be really challenging Mm, it can yeah and yeah, I would love to know about how your introduction to breastfeeding was with the boys. Did you do that while they were in the hospital? I did. Um, yeah, my breastfeeding journey has like like evolved. Um, I think I, as soon as they were born and I was in the sort of recovery room, I the the midwife expressed a colostrum, um, which I was surprised that you even got any at 31 mm. weeks and four days I was um yeah I was really wrapped that they that that was um able to be expressed and I I'd thought about breastfeeding a lot during the pregnancy because I wanted to give it a go even though of course um I knew it was going to be very different I was pretty determined to give it a go and I'd read a lot about what that would look like when um when you had triplets and spoken to a few people and and when I had that hospital stay for six days before they were born I ended up speaking to a few lactation consultants in there about just just what it looks like and um so as soon as they were born I started pumping of course they were really little and when you have little babies they don't have they, they can't use excess energy to um to breastfeed um, along with the fact that they were born prior to 32 weeks they didn't have that reflex of um, suck swallowing and breathing all at the same time so I think that happens around 33 34 35 weeks gestation so I knew that that was going to be um, that they were going to be tube fed and they might have to have formula just because I might not be able to to um, to express enough milk because one I had a cesarean two it's 31 weeks and three I might not have enough milk production but to ensure that I had enough milk production 
I just pumped every two hours in the early days, um, hand expressed. And then once I was getting enough, I would get on the hospital grade um, breast pump that I had just hired. Yeah, thankfully, I was able to build up quite um, like a big supply of breast milk and the boys didn't need to, like I was able to produce enough breast milk in those early days to satisfy all of them because they were having such small amounts of breast milk um, through their tube. So I pumped for two hours and then when that became too exhausting, I would do three hours and then four hours and I still continue to pump today. So the actual breastfeeding itself. So with all that milk that I pumped, I would just give it to the to the nurses and they would put in their like little um, uh, nasal gastric tube and the rest that was that I'd expressed, it would go into the freezer at the hospital. Um, so during the day I would just pump while I was cuddling skin to skin, pump, skin to skin, pump. It was just um relentless it was just that was my day um and then when they were I know (laughs) um when they were strong enough um my introduction to breastfeeding was very slow it was very calm I feel like it was a nice introduction because obviously extremely different like everything relating to my pregnancy but they had full tummies when they like had an introduction to the nipple so when I would have skin to skin I would just sort of gently bring them down to my breast and they would sniff and they would lick and they would then when they were strong enough they would suckle and then eventually latch so it took I don't know I think it was pretty maybe a week two weeks of of that of of them actually getting that latch and then once they would latch, I would see the lactation consultant, which was just awesome because I was in the hospital. The lactation consultants just roam around. So I was able just to call them in and um, have discussions with that, with them around breastfeeding, which was really invaluable because, yeah, I was pretty determined to give it a go. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but um, thankfully my milk supply was enough to, to feed them. And once that they had all individually had a go and were strong enough at the breast and with a good latch, I then began to tandem feed until, so when you're in, when they're in the NICU and a special care and you're, you're fed through a nasal gastric tube, obviously to go home, you can't wear a nasal gastric tube. So the big, the big things that we concentrated on was weight gain you needed to be two and a half kilos before you went home you needed to be able to be they say is orally fed so either through a bottle or the breast um what was the other one those are the main oh and you can't go home if you're less than 36 weeks or roundabout so those are the things gestation of 36 weeks 36 weeks um orally fed and two and a half kilos um and so once they were able to 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 latch properly I then just did the tandem breastfeeding until the time that they were able to be breastfeeding enough and taking a bottle for them to take that nasal gastric tube away and those were the big things that we um that I concentrated on um during their special care states just every time I was in there and any time it was their feeding time um I would tend to breastfeed too and then Matt would bottle feed or the nurse or whoever was there would bottle feed the third baby um, 
they would also have, this is at the time when they still had a nasal gastric tube. So the idea is that you you have more oral feeds than nasal gastric tube feeds. Um, and then once it's enough, the nasal gastric tube, tube can go away, then they're, you know, they're on their way home almost, which, yeah, was amazing. And that, that definitely what contributed to the fact that they came home after 32 days and, it, and bang on 36 weeks. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sounds like you've, yeah, had a generally really successful breastfeeding journey with them so far. That's amazing yeah. that you really stuck to it. Yeah, I think I, I think um, it being that calm and slow process, it meant that it meant that they weren't starving and it, what, there was that no pressure. Like I've spoken with women around the pressure around breastfeeding, which of course we all receive and, and, and experience and it's, it's, it's hard. Mm. It's really hard. Mm. But I found my, like at least introduction to it, to be very slow and calm, which I think helped me continue with it because I didn't have starving babies or it wasn't around, like they, they were being fed and so any sort of introduction to breastfeeding was just very slow until until they were ready and strong enough, which, yeah, is of course not a plus um, of having mm. babies in, in special care, but if there's any silver lining in, um, in that, I, I think that my best breastfeeding journey was helped by that. And, of course, then it's evolved. I, I hate, I didn't, I'm still not, I'm definitely not tandem feeding anymore. I sort of did that for about four weeks or five weeks after we came home from hospital. But I really resented the big pillow that I had to use. And once they were like six weeks old or seven weeks old, I felt like they really needed their own time with me. So I would just breastfeed one at a time and they would be topped up with um, express breast milk in a bottle if they didn't get enough from the breast. The one thing with having triplets and multiple babies is that you need to make sure that they've all had the same amount of milk so that they will sleep all at the same time. True. Which, so, yeah, and, of course, when you breastfeed, you don't know the quantity of milk that they're getting. They're just obviously getting what they need at that time. So they would just also receive a top-up of express breast milk in a bottle and that continued so they were exclusively breastfed for four to five months wow, yeah. um and they're seven months old now and at five months we introduced formula um which has been a great help because all of my my stash of uh freezer breast milk, frozen breast milk dwindled gradually dwindled and um we introduced formula so now they receive you know, half breast milk and half formula. And two of my babies, Finn and Marlo, they have weaned themselves. Oh, wow. So they're off. They're completely off. Matt Matt was able to have four months off once they were born. So he was obviously very instrumental in every single feed that we had. And when, when he went back to work, I just did bottles throughout the day and would breastfeed only overnight in the darkness when it was just calm and because at that, I don't know, at four months old, they were just curious. They were just looking around. The breastfeeding just took too long. <laughs> so I, yeah, switched to bottles during the day and would breastfeed overnight. But, yeah, for 
like, yeah, Finn and Marla were just like, as if, no, nah, I'm off. I'm completely off the breast, which was so hard because I can't remember their last breastfeed because, I don't know, it just was that, was that night, that time. And I've tried, I've tried to get them back on, Matt, their Ooh, bottle boys. Yeah. But Jude, he's, I'm holding on to him. I hope he remains strong and continues to breastfeed. But, yeah, that, that happens overnight now just because during the day I need all hands on deck. So three bottles is how it works now. Wow, that's so amazing to hear about how gorgeous that you got to be that little team together. I love that. Um, and we've got some gorgeous photos of you um, starting your breastfeeding journey in the hospital with the boys that we've posted on the Instagram page. So I encourage everyone to check them out as well. Could you just give us a quick kind of, you know, how is everything going for you now? How's it all been? Just a brief little summary. And then we will, yeah, then we'll touch base with you again after their birthdays. Perfect. Um, I think like I'm just surprised on on everything relating to them. They're just amazing. And, I mean, I talked earlier around being so overwhelmed about what everything was going to look like and how we were going to do everything and um, how Matt and I were going to cope. And it just hasn't been at all what I thought it was going to be. It's just been so much better. Like, firstly, as soon as they were born, they, yes, they were little, but they were never sick. They, which, which is so reassuring. Um, and it's just a lot, a lot better than I was expecting. All of these, uh, the overwhelming sense of dread around how, how we were going to do it. I'm just still waiting for it to get terribly hard. I think, I think, yeah, we've just, we've done it with like a a positive attitude everything that Matt and I have achieved since their birth um just to get you know them fed and um, still obviously doing the breastfeeding and it's just been amazing and a lot better than I was expecting I think I was scared around being uh, like a a triplet mum and I had this sense of I didn't want that to be me. This is not what I was expecting. Um, I just, I wanted a baby so much, but this is, this is very different. And I'm so proud to be their mother. They are so much fun. It is beautiful to watch them like interact with each other. And I can't imagine having one. Like I really can't. Mm. Um, Matt and I often say it'd be so strange of course because now we know them and it's like imagine if there was just one how how boring (laughs) this is them that this is our like it's it's going to be and it's going to obviously continue to be wild and um three boys with the amount of um commentary we get around that um I'm so excited they're just they're just amazing and and I love it it's great fun Mm, yes yeah Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I love seeing your your little reels and stuff that you post on your Instagram. They're all so cute. And I'm just so fascinated all the time by how you do it. I'm just mind blown. <laughs> you are an absolute superwoman. I'm sure you get that all the time. <laughs> I do get it a lot. And it's, 
it's a weird thing to to like have to respond mm. to because obviously it's so different to so many people's experience but I don't know any different totally like, yeah this is and that's I think that really helps you know when people have to change one nappy I just have to change three mm. like it's just <laughs> I mean it's obviously of course not as simple as that but it sort of is mm. it just you just have to you just do it you're just doing mm. it yeah yeah totally uh, well Georgia thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your gorgeous story it's been so interesting to hear and I'm so excited to speak to you in we'll update you but maybe five or six months the boys after October 31st we'll hear about how it's all been (laughs) how your identity (laughs) shifted how going back to work is all of those all of those things I'm looking forward to it yeah thanks so much for taking the time today my pleasure thanks so much for having me Chelsea Thanks for listening. Sharing our stories is such a meaningful way to connect with ourselves and others. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Definitely Baby Podcast for photos of our weekly guests, updates, or to share your own story. I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate the podcast, or share with a friend. It really helps us to grow and help other parents feel more supported by these beautiful stories. I'll see you next week for another lovely episode. Thank you.